Brought to you by the WZIP Sports Team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best of the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And, of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Over well, I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the Steelers. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. It is overtime for the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. I'm Jake Murin, and I'm joined by Alex Henry. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be up here despite my sinuses, my allergies, and Jake's. Yeah, we're both in rough shape right now, Alex. We'll get through it. Yes. Yes, we will. And you know when Alex and I are on the same podcast, it's about fighting. It's about the great sport MMA. It's about the UFC. And this time, it's about UFC 275. Teixeira versus Prohashka for UFC 274. I went two and two with my picks and Alex went three and one. This brings our total picks to 10 and seven for me and 13 and four for Alex. Once again, I have some making up to do. So we'll see if that comes into play with any of my picks today. As we turn our attention back to UFC 275, we have two title fights to analyze and predict today. One for the women's flyweight belt. It's Valentina Bullet Shevchenko taking on Tyla Santos. Second, the main event at light heavyweight as the champion Glover Teixeira looks to defend his gold for the first time against a nasty contender in Yuri Prohashka. Before we get to the co-main and main event, though, let's start as the main card starts this Saturday in Singapore. It's a welterweight clash between Jack Della Maddalena and Ramazan Emiv. For Della De Maddalena, the Australian is on an 11-2 Record right now, 11-fight winning streak, got a UFC contract by winning a contender series bout in 2021, flipping it to the Russian in Amiv. He's 20-5, and five, 7 wins by submission, 10 wins by decision. Alex, who do you have in this welterweight clash? Yeah, well, Jack Della is a huge prospect in the NFL, or <laughs> NFL UFC right now <laughs> with a lot of um, potential to go for. Uh, he's coming off solid win in his UFC debut. Um, good striker, nice left hand. He likes to plot forward on his toes and has like a nice step in jab. Uh, and then if his opponents go to counter strike him, he starts to back away really quick. And it's sort of cool to watch. It's like how you would imagine a street fight would work, but very technical. And he'll just do that repeatedly. His power is also very deceiving where, you know, you might be looking at a basic jab or a two, and that's a knockout punch right there. Um, he has good takedown defense, but he's not, like, crazy good at takedowns. Then, you know, you look at Ramazan Amiv. He's a well-rounded wrestler with good kickboxing, good chain wrestling, which reminds me a lot of myself, even though I'm not going to compare myself to a UFC fighter, but that's where I'm rooted in the uh, kickboxing and wrestling. Uh, he averages two takedowns a fight, but has a low accuracy and I was wondering why his takedown accuracy was so low. And watching his uh, film, you see it's not necessarily low. It's just that chain wrestling style where he goes for a takedown and he might not get the legs right away. 
so he's constantly scrambling, and that's what really puts those stats down. But I don't think the sheet really does that justice, whereas it's more just chain wrestling. Um, he doesn't have a lot of power, but he does have really good cardio. So this fight comes down to Jack Della's takedown defense. I think if Amiv gets the takedown, he works in his kickboxing, he pulls a decision win. If you watch Jack Della's fight versus Glenn Pettigrew, you see him getting taken down a lot, and that's a guy who's not even in the same court as uh, Ramazan, uh, especially when it comes to cardio. And I, this might be a hot take off of it, but I'm taking Ramazan Amiv. Um, I think if he just wins the first two rounds with wrestling and then maybe goes cardio king kickboxing in the third, then he gets a decision win. Go Reds Amiv by decision is the pick for one Alex Henry. And honestly, as ter- in terms of like the breakdown goes, I don't have much to add, but I do have a different result. I'm going to take Jack Della. Madalena here. He's the minus 135 betting favorite actually right now. And you kind of mentioned it, you know, in his last fight, first round KO win in his UFC debut against Pete Rodriguez at UFC 270. He showed incredible boxing against Rodriguez and he was able to avoid strikes and slide in 43 strikes of his own that led to that amazing first round KO. 82% of his wins are by knockout going towards Amiv. He is a wrestler. You mentioned how he lands 2.29 takedowns per 15 minutes of cage time. That low grappling accuracy is sitting at 29%, but you mentioned that chain wrestling as well. In his last fight, he got a split decision loss to Danny Roberts, where he was held out and grappled in every clinch position. But I do trust Jack Della Maddalena. I think he's going to be a great boxer in the UFC. I think his boxing is going to be better than Ameev's wrestling in this fight. I'm interested to see how Jack Della Maddalena will respond if he does if he does get taken down. If he is on his back, how is he going to get back up if he gets back up? And that concerns me a little bit, but I am going to take Della Maddalena. He is a bright prospect in the UFC, and I like his boxing skills enough to take him here at welterweight in the pay-per-view opener at UFC 275. So already a, a disagreement here. That's nice to see. Yeah, some, make up some ground. Something I do want to say, and if you've been watching UFC very recently, the past two months, is these, and I'll talk about this more later. The judges are not necessarily scoring wrestling that well, um, like they should be, in my opinion, and that does scare me uh, for my win uh, because you definitely have to be showing something more than just control time for yeah. these judges to care. Um, so that does go to Jack Della's, um, like advantage. It goes to yeah, his yeah. advantage. Thank yeah. you. Um, because if, even if he is getting taken down and road, if he can just defend submissions and, uh, grappling and stuff, then he, he might be good. So we'll see. Yeah. And if you look at like the judging criteria, damage is number one, but even damage is so subjective. Mm-hmm. And in terms of wrestling control time, you know, if you're not doing anything on the ground, how do you measure that to a man who might have hit like one solid strike before he gotten taken down? So who won that round? Right. Judging is just all over the place right now. And maybe in the future podcast, we'll just break down the criteria, talk about exactly what we should do. I know open scoring is a big thing that people like Ariel Helwani in this industry are pushing for. So we'll see what happens in terms of judging. And I agree with you. It is all over the place. We're seeing split decisions uh, left and right. And whether you agree with them or not, 
It's just the state of the very young sport that MMA is right now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on from the Della Maddalena and me fight, and let's get right into the second bout of the main card at flyweight. It's the eighth-ranked flyweight in the world, Rogerio Bontorin, versus the 14th flyweight in the world, Manel Starboy Cop. Cop is the minus 220 favorite here. This fight was originally booked for August 15th, 2020 at USC 252 when Bontarine had to pull out due to an ankle injury. Bontarine, the Brazilian, is 17 and 4 with one no contest. His last fight was a split decision loss to Brandon Royville in January. Looking at Cop, though, 17 and 6, lost his first two USC fights by decision, but won his last two by first round KO. Alex, I'll send it to you. Who do you like in this fight? Yeah, Rogerio, very good grappler, throws a lot of power in his strikes, constantly looking for takedowns, good top control, can submit anyone on the ground. But something I noticed is he takes his time. Uh, You know, you look at a guy like Charles Oliveira who looks for the submission right away. That's not what you're getting out of Rogerio. Uh, Then you got Mantle, um, fast striker, looks for knockouts. He has a southpaw stance, uh, good distance control, smart striking. Cop uh, does get overwhelmed sometimes in the chaos, and I think that might pose a challenge in this fight. Um, I think if you are a wild striker and fighting fast, um, counter strikes and stuff, I kind of am worried about Cop because I've seen Rogerio just kind of be crazy in those fights, and Usually I would say I don't want a fighter to be crazy to win, but in this case I would want it to be that way for Rogerio. Um, but the counter strikes out of Cop are very, very impressive. He does this lead hook, and then he switches stances, and you'll see it in the fight. And he also has really good leg kicks. Um, but uh, Rogerio can grapple good and keep things chaotic. He wins, but Cop has an 80% takedown defense. If you watch MMA recently, like I said, judges don't care about takedowns um, and wrestling as much. So I think Cop's going to win, and I think he catches him with one of those strikes because I think he's a little more powerful of a striker and a little more accurate fighter. So as long as he's not getting overwhelmed in those situations where things are crazy and he can be calm and get a counter strike, I think Starboy gets a knockout here. All right, interesting there. Uh, another disagreement here. Ooh. I have Bontarine winning this fight, and I love to hear it because, like I said at the top, I do need to make up some ground here. And Rogerio Bontarine, I mentioned he's a Brazilian, and he reminds me of a different Brazilian in the UFC, one Charles Oliveira, somebody you don't really like, Alex. But, no, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. He has a 60% grappling accuracy with 11 wins by submission. He just really hasn't used his skills and put it all together like Charles Oliveira has recently. Mm-hmm. And even in Oliveira's like, beginning of his career, he was missing weight, going up and down weight classes, losing a lot of fights. And you know that might be the stage that Bontarine's in right now. But I do have him putting it all together here in this fight against Cop. You know, Cop. 53% striking accuracy with 11 wins by KO. Those fists are amazing. I am worried about a KO loss here, but it, like plus his experience. He has a ton of experience. He's fought for cage fighters, Invictus, AFL, IPC, and Ryzen. So he's been in a lot of promotions. He's a great boxer. Shown improvements on the ground. You mentioned that uh, takedown defense stat. 
So in my opinion, you know, Cop will either win by KO or lose by decision or potentially a submission against a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mixed martial artist who has great wrestling and submission attempts. That's why I'm taking Bontarin here. And Bontarin's losses too. You know, he had that submission win on the Contender Series. Since then, he's 3-3 three and three with losses against Ray Borg, Kai Car France, and Bro- Brandon Royville, like I mentioned. So those guys are pretty good competition. I do like Bontarin here to win by decision against Cop here. And I like that we're disagreeing because it means I can make up ground and means I might be able to catch up with Alex Henry Sportsbook. So <laughs> we'll see. I do like that. Let's get into the top three fights, what this card is really going to rely on to be successful and potentially the fights that I'm looking forward to the most and the one that is the hardest to pronounce. It's a women's strawweight <laughs> bout. The number two strawweight in the world, Zhang Magnum Weili, the minus 170 favorite, taking on Joanna Janzerschik. It's the second meeting between these women. The first time they met was at UFC 248. Was it the greatest women's strawweight title fight of all time? Was it the greatest women's strawweight fight of all time? Was it the greatest women's fight of all time? My answer is yes to all three of those questions. Alex, do you have anything for me on their first meeting? Yeah, that first fight was insane. Almost 400 strikes landing. Wild match. I've never seen like a woman's face look like how Joanna's oh, face looked. It was so tough. She had a complete bubble on <laughs> in, her forehead. In that fight. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of like, um, disputing who won that fight. And I don't know if you feel that way, but I think Joanna might've won the fight. It's really just hard to say. And it really comes down to a judge looking at Joanna and being like, well, I mean, just look at her. She didn't win. Right. And that happens a lot. And that's a fair assessment to make it. It's just really hard to say, and either way, who you think won that fight, that fight was insane. Yeah, Zhang did end up winning it by split decision, and I was really impressed by Zhang in that fight, too. You know, she showed off her striking power and her gas tank. You know, she was the less experienced fighter going into those championship rounds, whereas Ioana, you know, she's a decision machine. She's used to going into those championship rounds, so we expected more durability out of Ioana, but really... Zhang showed her gas tank, and like I said, her striking was on point in that fight. And in that fight, you saw Ioana. She still showed off her technique and her toughness, being able to go two more rounds after her forehead was already swelled as bad as it was. It only got worse. And in this second meeting between them, I think Ioana should really throw more kicks. And that spinning back fist that she landed at the Mm -hmm. end of the fifth round, if she throws more of those wild strikes, just mixing them in, in a smart way. Don't just throw them to throw them, but mixing them into her game plan, I think is a good idea for her just because I think it'll throw Zhang off of her own game plan and give her something that she's not expecting. And Zhang wasn't ready for it in the first meeting. I don't think she'll be ready for it in the second one, but let's, let's get a pick out of you, Alex, for this fight. Whaley, Yanjershik, who do you got? Yeah. So we pretty much talked about it. Whaley's good boxer coming off back-to-back losses She's gotten better at wrestling. Um, she's got good power, good volume. But uh, I want to talk about how she's became better at wrestling. And you see it in her last two fights where she tried to incorporate wrestling more. She obviously didn't win those fights. But she's just became more of a well-rounded fighter. Well, now for this camp, she was training at Bank Tayo Muay Thai. Um, and I love this because it brings 
her back to her striking roots. And that's what I want to see in this fight. I want to see that striking that she has. But, you know, Joanna's also a great striker and has an 81% takedown defense, which is why I want to see more strikes out of Wei Li because I don't know if she'll be able to get it to the ground, even though she probably would be successful if she did. Uh, I don't know how much damage Joanna can take at this point in her career. Uh, and it's really a close fight for me because of how the last fight was. But I'm going to go with Wei Li. Um, Joanna has better wins and won the first fight. Or didn't win the, fir- didn't win the first fight. Um, but in my opinion, won the first fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think uh, you know, Wei Li's been working the cage a lot more recently. I think she wants it more. Because right now, I think Wei Li maybe wakes up in the morning and says, I can still be champion. I don't know if that's where Yorana's mindset is right now, and I don't know what her mindset really is, but just two years away from the cage, I don't know if that's going to be good for her. Definitely think it's going to be another brawl, and I think Whaley gets the win. I don't know how. <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> I don't have um, a way that she wins, but I think she will win. No method of victory, but still going with Zhang Wei Li at minus 170 for this one. Wei Li, last fight was a split decision loss to former strawweight champion Rose Namiunis at UFC 268. And what you mentioned the layoff, and that's the most important thing for me here. Zhezhershek, she has not fought since that first meeting with Wei Li. Wei Li, she's fought twice and had has had two tough fights against Rose since her title defense against Ioana. She has 10 wins by KO, 7 wins by sub, 48% of her wins are by KO slash TKO. And like you said, her wrestling has also improved. She's taking strides in her game and improving in places that she didn't excel before, which was a striking. So she still averages 1.75 takedowns per 15 minutes. And in that last fight against Rose Namajunas, I actually thought that Wei Lee won that fight, mm-hmm. and she she got five takedowns in that fight. So she's improving, showing strides in the octagon in the UFC, whereas Joanna just hasn't been around. That two-year layoff is definitely my biggest concern here. But she is 16-4. and four. She is potentially the most dominant strawweight of all time with five title defenses. She's trained at American Top Team, and her <coughs> losses are really to the best of the best in Rose Namajunas, Valentina Shevchenko, and Zhang Wei Li. Mm-hmm. She has two and four in her last six fights, though, so that's not great either. It's really just the two-year layoff. She was even removed from the strawweight rankings. Her average fight time is 19 minutes and 24 seconds, and this fight's only going to be a three-round fight. So mm. her being able to take advantage of that fourth and fifth round is completely null here. Right. Sure, she might lose the first round and then pick things up in the second and third, and I'm not saying that... She doesn't have the skills to win this fight. I just think that the layoff is too important and that Zhang Wei Li being active and fighting for championships, I think Wei Li is going to win this one, and I have it by decision. I don't think Yuan is going to get knocked out because she didn't get knocked out in the first fight when Wei Li was literally showing everything she had at Yan Zhershik. So I am going to take Wei Li. She might even throw some takedowns in there. Uh, even though Yanjershik has an 81% takedown defense, I do like Wei Li by decision at strawweight. Something definitely to be said is Yanjershik 
didn't take these years off for family reasons, for, you know, mental health reasons. It was because she got beat up yeah. really bad. That's why she took this break. She wasn't ready to get back in the cage again. And I just think that goes to show her aging a little more. Um, and I don't know if she is as strong as she used to be. And with Whaley going back to those Muay Thai roots, I'm going to pick by knockout. Interesting. Yeah. We, For those happen. reasons right there. It could happen. The two-year layoff, we don't know how Yawanda's going to look out there. And sure, she could have been training this entire time, but just training to train versus actually training against an opponent is right. two completely different things, I think. So, you know, Yanjershik, if she's been training for two years for Wei Li, that's one thing. But I think she's just been trying to develop her skills. Whereas Wei Li, she's had two wars against uh, Rosanami Yunus. Right? One, she got knocked out quickly, but the other one was a war. I thought she won that fight, and we'll see what happens. I do have Wei Li winning this one. Our first agreement for the favorites. Minus 170, Zhang, Magnum, Wei Li. Let's go to the co-main event here. The most dominant woman in the UFC the champ, Valentina Bullet Shevchenko, women's flyweight champ there, versus the number four flyweight, Tyla Santos. Shevchenko is the minus 720 favorite out of Kyrgyzstan, 22 and 3, trains out of Tiger Muay Thai, 11 and 2 in the UFC with her only losses coming from Amanda Nunes. Last two fights were KO wins over Jessica Andrade and Lauren Murphy. For the Brazilian in Santos, 19-1 record, lands 3.71 strikes per minute in the octagon with 56% of her wins coming via KO or TKO, yet we have not seen a KO from her in the UFC. Who do you have at flyweights in the co-main event? Well, Valentina is one of the best fighters on the planet. I'm not just talking about female fighters. I'm look, I think she could take on... Some of these guy fighters and probably beat him because she is bad. And she's defended her belt six times since 2018. Very good striker. You talked about her Muay Thai roots. Good grappler. And she has a good championship mindset. Um, I think she started to incorporate more wrestling into her game over her past couple fights. 18 takedowns in her past four. And she could have easily been a striker only in those fights uh, if you're looking at it. But instead, she decided to try to catch leg kicks, go for single leg takedowns, try to pick up a double leg, and I like that. I always like when a champion's trying to improve their game. Um, then you look at uh, Santos' brawler. Lots of power strikes, and I think she can challenge Valentina with striking, which is something I'm, you're not going to hear me say often. Uh, her grappling's also really good. She averages 2.5 takedowns per fight, 86 percent takedown accuracy and 88 percent takedown defense um she's just good at beating opponents at their own game and i really like that and in my opinion she's one of the best contenders we've seen in a while are we gonna see an amanda nunez juliana pena situation i i don't know i think talia struggles when she gets backed down and she doesn't really have good success there and I just think to beat Valentina, you can't have any flaws in your game. And that's kind of like a big flaw that I see. So I don't know if we're going to see an upset, but I definitely think this is the biggest challenge that we've seen in a long time for the champion. Um, maybe it goes to grappling. Maybe it goes to striking. But I'm going to go with Shevchenko here. 
Um, and don't be surprised if you see a war in an upset, but I just, Shevchenko. So usually I give you some crap for disrespecting some fighters, and you're giving a lot of respect here to Tyler Santos. Unfortunately, I'm not going to do the same. Valentina Shevchenko is the number one pound-for-pound women's fighter in the UFC right now. I think everybody can agree on that after Amanda Nunes' loss to Juliana Pena. And one stat that really sticks out to me for Shevchenko is that she only absorbs 1.87 strikes per minute. So she's an intelligent fighter, and she rarely puts herself in danger. And Santos's game is dangerous. You know, she has the power in her hands, even has shown off some submission wins like her last one against Joanne Wood last November. But Valentina, she is so impressive. She's number one pound-for-pound woman for a reason. She's electric on the feet and on the ground. And I can't name a single woman in the UFC right now that could beat her. And that's something that I couldn't say the same for Amanda Nunes, even before her loss to Juliana Pena. I thought Amanda Nunes was beatable before that fight. And I was right. I didn't predict that Pena would beat her, but I thought Amanda Nunes was beatable. Right now, I don't think there's a single person in the UFC that can beat Valentina Shevchenko. I do have her beating Santos. And for Santos, you know, she is 4-0 in the UFC since uh, losing her debut fight in 2019. She has been impressive recently, but I think this is just too much of a step up in competition for the fourth-ranked women's flyweight in the world. And she could have fought other women like Caitlin Chukagian, Lauren Murphy, or Alexa Grasso before stepping up to Shevchenko, even though I understand why the matchmakers made this fight happen, just because Valentina is running out of contenders at this point. And I'm almost hoping that Nunez beats Pena just so that they can make that uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunez trilogy fight, because I think that's the fight to make in the women's division, even though I'm a big fan of Pena right now, and I love a good upset. This fight, I just don't think we're going to see that up to upset. I do like Shevchenko. That minus 720 number is huge. I'm going to take Shevchenko inside the distance. I'm going to take her by KO in this fight. Yeah, something to be said about Valentina Shevchenko is, you know, she was on um somebody's podcast, I forget, and she was asked, you know, what do you do when you just keep winning? You know, like, what do you, how does training work? How do you continue to improve? You know, you're beating everybody. What are you supposed to do? And that's a good question because, you know, Valentina's just fighting to keep her belt, to, you know, keep her legacy, which is a lot to fight for. But I always like the story of just like an underdog, especially with that over, has a lot to fight for. And I do think that um, Talia is the best um, contender that there's been in like two years. So, again, I'm not necessarily saying that I think Talia's going to win. I'm picking Shevchenko. Uh, I'm also picking her by knockout, but it's going to be close. It's going to be a, it's going to be a brawl, and there's going to be points where Valentina gets hit, and people are on the edge of their seats, and they're like, "What? What?" Because I think a lot of people are like you, Jake, where they are kind of counting out Talia in this fight a little bit. But um, yeah. I don't think she gets the win. Though. You're right, and I could see some of that potentially happening in the first round. Valentina kind of reminds me of one of your favorite fighters in the UFC, Piotr Jan because she kind of takes that approach. I guess it was more so Valentina's approach first, but she takes that approach of kind of being slow in the first round, Mm -hmm. but studying her opponent, making sure she knows her opponent's pace, exactly what her power feels like, and going 
from that going into the second round and even the third and picking that person apart that's exactly what Shevchenko does she did it amazingly against Lauren Murphy did it even faster against Jessica Andrade both wins were by KO like I said for the bullet Shevchenko I could see the very same thing happening here and we both agree on this one Shevchenko by knockouts do you think we'll see a Shevchenko Nunez three yeah I do at some point you think Nunez beats Pena in the second month I do matchup I agree. I think it was just an off night for Nunez more than it was an on night for Pena. But she did bring the fight to Nunez, so we'll see what happens there uh, later on this summer. But let's talk about the main event, shall we? Let's get into the light heavyweight main event, the champion Glover, the Brazilian Pitbull Teixeira, taking on Yuri BJP Prohashka. Prohashka is the minus 195 favorite. Teixeira, the Brazilian, is 33-7. and 7. 18 wins by KO, 11 wins by submission. Last fight, of course, he won the UFC title in dominant fashion with a second-round submission over Jan Blahovich. For Prohashka, he's 28-3-1, has a 4-inch reach advantage in this fight. 26 wins of his are by KO, which is 90% of his wins. Who do you have taking home gold in the main event in Singapore on Saturday night? Glover, you know, you look at him. Super tight guard, and he'll explode over top, and he has good underhooks. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. The older he gets, the less he strikes, and that's perfectly fine because he's a great grappler. Um, 42 years old. I would say he has a questionable chin, and he's just a really tough guy. Uh, you look at somebody like um, a Korean zombie, that's kind of how I would compare it. Just, I wouldn't say they have the best chin, but they're just so tough that they're going to keep going. Um, so that worries me. And then you look at Yuri, and he's literally insane. He, he He's only had two fights in the UFC, and he gets hit a lot, and it just doesn't matter. Uh, he's really quick for his weight class, and that's going to help him here. And he, I mean, he just gets the crap beat out of him, and it just doesn't matter. However... My one thing to that would be it doesn't matter how confident you are. When you when your brain bounces against your skull, you get knocked out. It's just how it works. So I don't know if Yuri's going to be able to stick with him striking, but he has been training with some of the best. He's been training with John Jones. He's been training with Henry Shadea uh, at Bangtai Muay Thai. So it's, it's, you know, he's already a decent striker, so we'll see. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Yuri could beat King Kong and I, I love Glover and I think he can win on the ground and he does have a lot of experience and that's super, super important, but I just don't see him winning. And I'm going to think, or I'm going to say that Yuri gets a knockout. It's 50, 50. Um, but Yuri is kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Insane guy, young guy. And he's hungry for the gold. And Clover's is kind of there trying to help his legacy, hold his title a little longer. So I'm going to take the young and hungry guy. That's kind of crazy. All right. I like the pick here for Teixeira. You know, he debuted in the UFC on May 16th, 2012. And he's finally claimed gold in the promotion. One of the best stories of last year. He's on a six-fight winning streak dating back to 2017 with wins over guys like Carl Robertson Ian Kutalaba, 
Nikiti Krylov, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, and of course, Jan Blahovich. And he's finished his last three opponents. And it's really his wrestling that has uh, been improving and showing off as of late. Yeah, you know, 40% grappling accuracy has been crucial to his most recent success in the UFC. On the Prohoshka side, I mean, this man literally punches trees. If you go to his Insta- Instagram account, he's insane. Last fight, spinning elbow KO of Dominic Reyes in May 2021. I am kind of concerned about the layoff, but with a guy as in shape as Yuri Prohoshka, you can kind of throw that off the table. Both of his wins in the UFC have come via second-round KO, and he has a lot of experience in Ryzen as well. Mm-hmm. And the one word to describe Prohoshka for me is simply erratic. Yeah. This man lands 7.9 strikes per minute, which is insane, but he also absorbs 6.8 strikes per minute. So his defense isn't there, but his offense can be just so overwhelming at times. And I think Glover's going to have a hard time taking down this big frame of Yuri Prohoshka. And, you know, obviously, you know, every single round starts on the feet. And Yuri Prohoshka, he has the power in his hands. And I agree with you. I have Yuri Prohoshka winning by knockouts. I think there's going to be a new champion at light heavyweight. And Yuri Prohoshka is going to walk away with the belt. We'll see what happens on Saturday night. Before we sign off, though, Alex, give me a rundown of your picks. So I got a Meave in the first fight uh, by decision. And then I got Mano Cop Cape. I've heard it pronounced a million ways. Uh, I'm picking him by knockout. Uh, then I got Wei Li winning her fight. Uh, ho- I'm very excited for that fight. Uh, then I'm taking Valentina Shevchenko. And I think I said by knockout as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Yuri is going to be a new champion. He literally, the man literally thinks he's like the main character in a movie. He's like a samurai and he's awesome. And I didn't very, I didn't know a lot about him before, but after doing a lot of research and watching him, it's, I could easily see him growing on me a lot after this fight. And something I did want to mention about that fight that I didn't before is five round fight. If this fight does get past like the second or third round, it could easily be fight of the year because we're just going to be seeing these guys just brawling um, because I'm expecting an early knockout, but if it goes long, this is going to be a good fight. And I almost hope that it does just so I can see how that turns out. Yeah. Hopefully Prohashka has the gas tank for that. Going through my picks here. I'm going to take Jack Della Maddalena, the Australian in the first fight of the night. I just think his boxing is too much for a and I have him winning by KO second fight at flyweights. Another disagreement between us. I have Rogerio Bontorin taking out Manel Cape. And really, I just think this is going to go down striker versus wrestler. And Bontorin also has those submissions in his back pocket as well. I'm just going to take Bontorin by decision here, though. And Cop, you know, he has good striking. He has power. I just think Bontorin is going to be able to get it done. And then the rematch of the greatest women's fight of all time at strawweight. I have Wei Li getting a decision win over Jan Jerzyk. And I really think this is going to be fight of the night. Mm-hmm. John Whaley, Joanna Jan Jerzyk. This is going to be a fireworks of a fight here. We saw it in the first matchup. 
styles make fights. These women's styles just complement each other so well in the octagon. Fireworks out of this fight here. I do have Whaley winning this one, though. Co-main event, completely agree with you. Valentina Shevchenko, ever winning by KO, probably in the second or third round. I don't give as much respect to Tyler Santos as you do, but I am going to take Shevchenko. Hopefully, we get Shevchenko Nunes 3 in the future main event. I do agree with you there as well. I have Yuri Prohoshka. I do kind of worry about his gas tank if it goes to a fourth or fifth round, but I am going to take him via second round KO, just like his first two wins came in the UFC. No disrespect to Glover Teixeira, but he's getting older. I don't think his wrestling style is going to be enough to win this fight here against a young, hungry guy, an erratic fighter like Yuri Prohoshka. So that will do it for us, the UFC crew from WZIP Sports. It's going to be a wicked card this Saturday night for UFC 275. Even though there are a lot of fighters with names you don't know how to pronounce, these fighters are insanely talented, and most importantly, they're prepared to blow the roof off of the Singapore Indoor Stadium. We will see you next time for the loaded, some might even say the card of the year, UFC 276 in just a matter of weeks. Until then, joining me was Alex Hebe. And I'm Jake Murren. Signing off, enjoy UFC 275.